Hello, I'm Nim, a paediatric trainee in Queensland, Australia, and this is A Spoonful of Medicine, the paediatric medical podcast topping up your paediatric knowledge one spoonful at a time. On today's episode, we're going to look at cryptorchidism, or the undescended testes. It's something we see often, whether it be on the neonatal exam or on a checkup. So it's good to know how to spot it, what to do, and when to refer. So let's go. Let's begin with some embryology. The testes begin as a thickening of the genital ridge in week five to six of embryogenesis. They then descend in the seventh to eighth month of pregnancy along the inguinal canal into the upper scrotum, pulled along by the gubernaculum. The processus vaginalis is formed along in this process as the testicle is put into the scrotal sac. The whole process in its entirety is regulated by a number of hormonal factors. So, a testicle that lies in the retroperitoneum, internal inguinal ring, inguinal canal, external inguinal ring, or high up in the scrotum, is an undescended testicle. So, how common is the undescended testicle? Well, at birth, 95% of infants have normally positioned testicles, i.e., they're in the scrotum. The incidence of undescended testes is about 30% for preterm infants and about 1-3% to in term infants. And of all the undescended testicles at birth, 80% are still palpable on exam. Most testes that are cryptochoid at birth actually descend in the first year of life. So, at the one-year mark, only about 1% of the initially undescended testes will remain undescended. The reason why we need to know about the undescended testicle is because it has a predisposition to a malignant degeneration, as well as a decrease in fertility. If left untreated by two years of life, fertility does begin to reduce to about half, as many have already undergone histological change with a decrease in spermatogenesis. In fact, studies also report that the contralateral testes may also have poor spermatogenesis as well. In boys with a unilateral undescended testes, about 89 to 90% of them will be subsequently fertile, and the population average is about 94%, so it's not that much lower. There is a 2 to 3% chance of testicular cancer, especially testicular seminomas, and this is about 4 to 5 times the population average. In boys with bilaterally undescended testes, the fertility rate declines to about 50%, and they do have a higher malignancy risk. Males with other existing genital anomalies also confer a higher risk of malignancy. Now that we know a little bit about what an undescended testes is and how often it occurs, we need to know what are the risk factors that predispose someone to an undescended testicle. Well, the main factors are prematurity, low birth weight, maternal smoking, having other abnormalities of genitalia, for example, hypospadus, as well as having a first-degree relative with cryptorchidism, i.e., Dad was also cryptorchoid. Now we're on the ward, about to see a child 
that has a potentially undescended testicle. How does it present? What's going to be the examination findings? Well, let's have a look. The testes itself may lay in the retroperitoneum, internal inguinal ring, inguinal canal, external inguinal ring, or anywhere along the scrotal sac. Have the testes ever been palpated? This is important to note, especially in subsequent reviews. For example, has a testicle already been palpated in the neonatal exam or during a warm bath by the parents? If so, could this actually be a retractile testes or an ascending testes rather than a true undescended testicle? Have a look at the hemiscrotum. Is it well developed? If it is well developed, it may indicate an ascending testicle or a retractile testes. If it's underdeveloped, you're more inclined to think that this is a true undescended testicle. Next, we palpate the testis. If the testis can be manipulated into the scrotum without tension, an observation alone is indicated because this is a retractile testis. If the testis can be pulled down but it is under tension, this is a high-riding testis. If the testis is truly undescended, it may be hypoplastic and the scrotum may be poorly rugated. The testis itself may be palpable in the inguinal canal. If the testis cannot be palpated at all, it's time to widen the search. Examine the suprapubic and perineal areas, as well as the upper inner thighs, for ectopic testis. Try to examine the child in a seated position with the legs crossed. This diminishes the cremasteric reflex to ensure that the cremasteric reflex itself is not preventing you from feeling this testis. If all of these proves unfruitful, potentially this testicle is in the abdomen. Have a look at the genitalia as a whole. Bilateral undescended testes with a micropenis requires hormonal and endocrine evaluation. Furthermore, examine the child generally. Do they have any dysmorphic features? If so, this undescended testes may be a part of a wider arching condition. Now that you think the child has an undescended testicle, your registrar asks you, well, what are some differentials? And we've touched upon a few already. The testicle may be retractile. The testis itself may be an abdominal testicle, and that's why you can't feel it. The child may have an ectopic testis sitting in the upper inner thigh or the perineal region. The testis itself may be absent. Or the testis may be an ascending testis where it has ascended up its initial migration tract. It is also very important when assessing the child with cryptorchidism to consider whether this is a part of an associated syndrome or condition. Conditions that are typically associated with cryptorchidism include Noonan syndrome, Kleinfelter syndrome, which is 47XXY, and these children may also have a micropenis. Children with Prader-Willi syndrome, about 85 to 100% will have undescended testicles, 
and they can also have hypogonadism. Prune belly syndrome can present as bilaterally undescended testicles, absence of the abdominal muscles, and urinary tract malformations. Congenital adrenal hypoplasia or insensitivity is also an important condition to keep in the back of your mind. Alongside intersex or disorders of sexual differentiation. Now that we have a good idea about the clinical presentation of an undescended testicle, why do we care so much? Well, there are a few complications. The most significant of which is an increased risk of testicular cancer, especially testicular seminomas, if the testis itself is not descended by the one-year mark. There's also an increased risk of a testicular torsion, because the testicle itself is not tethered in its usual way. The testicle itself can also be at increased vulnerability to trauma. And another incredibly important complication to never forget is the psychological impacts an undescended testicle can have on a child on the long term. Now that we have a child with an undescended testicle, how do we go about investigating so we can minimise the risk of complications? The important thing to remember is that MRI and ultrasound have low sensitivity and are poor at locating the testicle. The sensitivity of ultrasound is about 45% and the specificity about 78%. So ordering an MRI or an ultrasound is not the answer. If the testes are bilaterally undescended, a HCG stimulation test can be done. If there is no rise in testosterone, there may be no testicular tissue. You should also consider androgen insensitivity syndrome, congenital adrenal hyperplasia, or other genetic anomalies such as Newton syndrome, Klinefelter's, or Prader-Willi syndrome. If the testes is considered to be intra-abdominal, laparoscopic determination to locate it and consequent PEXI done at the same time is the gold standard. Now you may be thinking, what do we do with a child with only one undescended testicle that is palpable in the inguinal canal, which is the most often way an undescended testicle presents? For these children, no immediate investigation is required. No ultrasound, no MRI and no surgery. These children are watched to closer to one year of age because most of these testicles will descend and if they do so, no further intervention is required. The issue becomes if this testis itself does not descend by one year of life. And so this makes a nice segue into how we manage undescended testicles. If you find an undescended testicle at birth, you observe to six to eight weeks of age. If the testicle itself remains undescended at about eight weeks of age, re-examine the child at about three months. If the testicle is still undescended at three months, refer to a paediatric surgeon to arrange for an orchidopexy between six to 12 months of age. If the testicle is retractile, recommend annual follow-up due to the risk of ascending testes in this population. Undescended testes are managed with orchidopexy by one year of age, and they're usually done between 6 to 12 months of life.
In this operation, the testis is secured to a dartos pouch in the lower hemiscrotum. Another thing to note is that an undescended testicle can also be associated with an inguinal hernia due to a patent processus vaginalis, and so this is often fixed at the same time as orchidopexy. If the testicle itself is intra-abdominal, the child may require a two-stage procedure or a Fowler-Stevens procedure to get this testicle into the correct position. It is very important to note that orchidopexy itself does not eliminate malignant change risk, but it does allow for easier detection and thus management. Testosterone may be tried for those with bilateral cryptorchidism and then pexy if they are not descended after about a month of therapy. So let's have a recap. An undescended testicle is a testis that may lay in the retroperitoneum, inguinal ring, inguinal canal or high in the scrotum. It's due to the lack of a migration of the testicle along its initial migration pathway. Its incidence is about 1-3% in term infants and about 30% in preterm infants, but most descend within the first year of life. Risk factors are prematurity, low birth weight, maternal smoking, other abnormalities of genitalia, as well as first-degree relative with cryptorchidism. An undescended testes can present as a poorly developed hemiscrotum that is underrugated, and the testes itself may be palpable in the inguinal ring or in the inguinal canal. Differentials include a retractile testes, an abdominal testes, an ectopic testes, absent testes, or an ascending testis. Associated syndromes include Noonan syndrome, Kleinfelter syndrome, Prader-Willi syndrome, Prunebelly syndrome, congenital adrenal hyperplasia or insensitivity, or other disorders of sexual differentiation. Complications of the undescended testes are an increased risk of testicular cancer, an increased risk of testicular torsion, vulnerability to trauma, and psychological impacts. Investigation for the undescended testes is often not required, but it's important to know ultrasound and MRI are not the go-to. The way of management is initial monitoring. If the child's testes descends within the first six months of life, then no intervention is required. However, if on follow-up the testes is not descended, referral to paediatric surgery is required for pexy between 6 to 12 months of life. It is important to note that orchidopexy does not eliminate the chance of malignant transformation, but it does allow for the easy detection and thus management of testicular cancers. And that's been this week's episode of Spoonful of Medicine. Thank you so much for joining us. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and tell a friend. For the visual learners out there, head over to our Instagram page at spoonful.of.medicine for a quick summary of today's episode along with some other great educational content. If you would like to get in touch, have a suggestion for a future topic or have heard something that you think needs a correction, please email us on spoonfulofmedicinepodcast at gmail.com. As always, it's been a pleasure topping up your paediatric knowledge one spoonful at a time. Catch you at the next episode. But until then, bye.